0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindheelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast as a part of Behind the Steel Curtains Podcast Network. Wherever you get your podcasts, all you have to do is search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. You can subscribe, follow. We are everywhere where you get your podcasts. And as a reminder, we are a part of Behind the Steel Curtain.com, which should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. It is Wednesday, it is hump day, and that means that we have the mailbag. The mailbag for my ride or die crew, you all came through in the clutch. I honestly didn't know what to expect from this mailbag uh, tweet this week, but you all came through and you all did a great job, and so I'll be answering every single one of those questions in the second half of this podcast. I want to get started, though, and I, I don't There is no easy transition here, people. Let me get that out of the way. There is no easy transition into what we would call a normal podcast. There is no way of going from my Monday show, which was pretty solemn. The death of Dwayne Haskins over the weekend on Saturday morning definitely rocked the Steeler Nation to its core, and like I said on Monday, no, this is not to suggest that someone like Ben Roethlisberger uh, in his prime was somehow killed in an accident. That is not to suggest that it was a loss of a life, and that is significant. However, I said this on Monday, and I stay true to my word that on Wednesday, it's going to be me kind of getting back into what I normally do, and I know that you've heard this. I've listened to all of our podcasts. Uh, Jeffrey Benedict on Tuesday uh, talked about, you know, the Steelers somehow moving on. Uh, we, we, you listened to Bad Language with Brian Anthony Davis over the weekend. You listened to The Hangover with himself and uh, Brian and Tony Defio. And they, they all talked about it. And Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts on the draft picks. We've all spent some time breaking that down and giving our thoughts and opinions, I've done that. And if you want to go and hear those again, just go back to Monday. You can listen to that podcast. And it's not as long as I normally do, but it's it was I, th- I felt it was a good podcast. I got a lot of great feedback. I appreciate every single person that reached out to me. I got a couple emails, people on Twitter, saying just they thanked me for the show. And I, a, a, keep in mind, and I, I said this before Jeffrey Benedict said it on Tuesday morning, this is therapeutic for us, meaning us, the podcasters, as much as it is you, the listener. And so uh, it was good for me. I-, I definitely was able to get a lot of thoughts out, and I hope it was helpful to you too. So if you want to go back, listen to that. But today, and the, the genesis of my my thoughts here star- stemmed from Jeffrey's podcast. And if you haven't listened to it, obviously I listened to it. It was a really good show, very thoughtful, thought-provoking And as I was listening to Jeffrey's podcast on Tuesday morning on my way to work, the one thing I couldn't get out of my head is, as tragic as this is for the Steelers, the NFL machine stops for no one. And I mean no one. And and what I'm trying to get to here is that in a couple weeks, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the rest of the NFL are going to be at the NFL Draft in Las Vegas And it might be somber for the Steelers, and there might be some decisions that have been shaped from what happened this past weekend, but the NFL machine just does not stop. And that's the title of my podcast. The Steelers' off-season work must continue somehow. That's difficult. It's difficult for me to say, let alone to believe, but it is truth. It is fact and not fiction that the Steelers' off-season work must continue somehow. You have to imagine meetings taking place with Kevin Colbert, Brandon Hunt, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, other scouts, Art Rooney II, sitting in a room and looking around and saying, I would imagine it's Tomlin or maybe Art Rooney. Maybe it's Colbert. I don't know. Someone says, listen, this is tough. This is a tough spot we've been put in, but we have a job to do. And we have to get that job done. The players, that's a different beast altogether. Every single player, whether they were in Florida for the workouts or not, they're going to have time to get themselves now, both physically and emotionally and mentally prepared for the upcoming season. But for the front office staff, there's, there's no time to waste. That's not insensitive. That's just the, that's just the fact of the matter. I mean, it, anyone that's experienced loss in their life and has a, we'll call it a regular nine to five or whatever hours you work, you were probably given some bereavement leave and you had to get back to work. So the Steelers, based on the calendar and where it is, no, it's not in season, but it's also a really important juncture of the off season with the NFL draft coming up. Work still has to be done. And that's what I'm going to talk about today, despite the devastating news with Dwayne Haskins' death. Like I said, the NFL world slows down for no one. It slows down for no one. Saturday, you saw these tributes. On Sunday, those were fewer and fewer. On Monday, basically none. Tuesday, it's almost as if it didn't happen. That's horrible, but that's also the world that we live in, and especially when it comes to the National Football League. Let's talk about three areas In my opinion, the Steelers still have work to do. Three areas which are all significant. It does not necessarily mean that these all need to happen prior to the draft or anything like that, but they are three areas that do need to be addressed soon. Sooner than later, but at some point before the regular season and especially training camp begins. We're going to start off with free agency. In free agency, the Steelers still need to address that strong safety position. This is something that Michael Beck has done an entire podcasts about. You could talk about Tyron Matthew. You could talk about Terrell Edmonds. Um, you could talk about other players as well that are still available. Now, the available players are dwindling. That market is drying up rather quickly. But in free agency, we all know that it would be best. Doesn't mean they're going to do it. It would be best if the Steelers can somehow some way sign a safety that is not Miles Killabrew. That is not Trey Norwood, if you view him as a safety, that's someone that could be that guy next to Minka Fitzpatrick. Also wide receiver. I have big hopes for Anthony Miller. I think he could be a really good player. He has a relationship with Mitch Trubisky. But at the same time, it would be really nice. And I don't this I don't think this is gonna happen at all. The safety might the safety move might happen prior to the draft. Receiving, I don't think there's any chance it happens before the draft. I think the Steelers are going to sit back and wait, see how the draft board falls, and then there's plenty of receiving help on the free agent market that they could still go out and get someone based on who really needs a job. We'll put it that way. Those two positions in free agency are the ones that I think need to be addressed in free agency. All right, so that's out of the way. Now, the NFL draft is a is a beast in and of itself. You can hear the NFL Draft Fix with Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar. They talk nothing but the NFL Draft. It's a great show. I highly recommend it. But I will say that the Steelers' team needs have changed in a big way. And I I hate to say this, but the Steelers now, and as insensitive as it may seem, they need to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback. I think the one and two, whether it's Trubisky or Rudolph, that. You whichever whichever order you want them. You know some people don't like Trubisky, some people don't like Rudolph. Whatever, those are one and two. After that, you know with Haskins now unfortunately out of the equation, but then you throw in like Joshua Dobbs okay, so Joshua Dobbs was kind of like the old standby. He was that girl, and I hate to use this because I sound like Brian Anthony Davis. He was that girl that you know you see over there in the corner. You you know what she brings to the table. You have a good relationship with her maybe kind of friends, maybe a little bit more than that, but nothing serious. She's always there. And so when Joshua Dobbs, though, goes and signs with the Browns, and then you look at the situation, you're like, hey, is that is she there? Oh, she's not there. What do you mean she's not there? She's always there. That's kind of the situation they have with Dobbs. And so the Steelers now are trying to figure out, well, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? And it it does definitely point to the Steelers drafting a quarterback. Not that – that, I would have said that before based on their pro day movement and who was at those pro days and pre-draft visits and all of that stuff. But it's going to be an important position to keep an eye on in terms of when the Steelers address it, how they address it, do they make any trades. It should be interesting. But this draft, not just quarterback, this draft – will be a huge draft for the future of the team. In case you don't know, the Steelers have seven picks total in this upcoming 2022 NFL draft. One in round one, one in round two, one in round three, one in round four. No picks in round five. They traded that away. And then they have one in round six and two in round seven. So seven total picks. Now, a lot of people, myself included, look at the round five and say, hey, It's a little bit of a break. It's a little bit of a break. Well, in reality, not so much. Uh, Think about last year. The Steelers were not in round five. They trade back into... They trade a fourth-round pick in 2022 to Miami to get Isaiah Loudermilk in the draft out of Wisconsin. So trades can be possible, and they definitely can maybe equate to a fifth-round pick if they really like a player and they want to jump back in there. That's something the Steelers still have as an option. But this draft... When you talk about positionally, whether it's the offensive line, the defensive front, linebacking core, whether it's edge or inside, doesn't matter. Uh, You talk about safeties, which we we mentioned in free agency, but at the same time, they could also address that in the draft. Cornerback, very deep position group. On offense, wide receiver, offensive line, quarterback, as I mentioned, tight end is still a possibility, not so much the athletic type, but more the blocker. They have Positions that need assistance, that need bolstering in the NFL draft is definitely one of those areas where they can get that done. Lastly, I said there's three different avenues I want to talk about how the work still needs to be done somehow, some way. Free agency, we mentioned that. 2022 NFL draft, talked about that. Next, contracts. The Steelers still have some work to do with some contracts. Well, first and foremost, I think this is paramount. Don't take me saying this is paramount for me saying it's going to happen soon, and that is a new contract for Minka Fitzpatrick. No, I don't think a contract is going to get done soon. Do I think a contract is going to get done? Yes. Do I think that contract could be more along the lines of what TJ Watt got? Not so much in terms of numbers and value, but more so with the, okay, this is when he's probably going to get his deal, i.e. training camp, preseason, before the regular season, yes, absolutely yes. I think that's when they get that done. But if the Steelers want to be aggressive after the draft, let's say they don't sign a free agent safety and they want to go out and get someone, but they want to clear up some more cap space, restructuring someone like TJ Watt, Cam Hayward is another option for this team. Dave Schofield has talked about that and written about that on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com a lot with how the Steelers can free up more cap space, that they have some flexibility there, but they need to make sure that they can get what needs to be done and get it accomplished. This is an offseason that is pivotal. I said that it's a draft that's huge, and it is, but this offseason has been pivotal. And you talk about all those free agent acquisitions, whether it's Mason Cole, James Daniels on the offensive line, whether it's Miles Jack, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, Levi Wallace, all these free agents that they brought in. It doesn't matter which free agent you're referring to. They are important. They are very, very important to this team, and it's a pivotal offseason. The Steelers can create more cap space if they feel like they need to go out and get someone else that they think is going to be a difference maker. That, if they combine that with a really good draft – that could be the difference between a very, very competitive Steelers team that can be super Super Bowl contenders in a few years or a team that is going to be in a constant state of rebuilding. No one, and I mean no one wants to be a part of that. So the Steelers, work still needs to be done. It's not easy, but somehow some way, and I'm sure honestly, if I were to task give this task to one person, To say if there's one coach in the National Football League that is going to be able to get his team through this. To be able to get his team and his front office, his scouts, his coaches focused on the task at hand. If there was one coach, it's not Bill Belichick. It's not even, no. It's not Sean Payton if he was still employed. It's not Andy Reid. It's Mike Tomlin. If there was one coach to do this, it's the guy the Pittsburgh Steelers employ right now. It's Mike Tomlin. And so I'm going to trust that he's going to get the job done. All right, we have a mailbag. We still are going to do that because it's Wednesday. It's hump day. We're halfway there, folks, halfway to the weekend. When I get back, we're going to dive headfirst into that mailbag. Stay tuned. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second half of Let's Ride. It's Wednesday. That means it's mailbag time. We're going to dive headfirst into this mailbag. i got to be honest, I said this earlier, I'll say it again. I wasn't sure what to expect from this mailbag. Uh, There's a lot of my followers on Twitter. You can follow me at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. There's a lot of followers that were really down and dejected. I get that. I really do get it. Um, And there were some people that just probably said, I just don't have it this week, and that's okay. That is okay, but I wanted to do my part to kind of get back into the swing of things and let's get started. Corey Eckenroth actually provided a bunch of questions, three I think in particular. He said, beating a dead draft horse, the Steelers seem all but certain to draft a wide receiver. They don't seem as certain to draft a strong safety, but it could definitely happen. In your opinion, which position gets drafted before the other if the Steelers do draft either position? Hashtag crew. Okay, thank you very much for the first question. So the question is... Which gets drafted first? I, man, this is a tough one because I don't think they're going to spend a first rounder on either. I could see them going second round on both. I think that the wide receiver class is deeper. So in my opinion, I would go safety two, wide receiver three. That's assuming you go in a different direction in round one. So that's something to keep in mind. Next question. He says a Penguins question. Wow, we're going out of the Steelers realm. He said, the Penguins have been sliding as of late after their beatdown of Detroit and the playoffs are around the corner. I think they have enough to hoist the cup. I'm very skeptical with the Penguins. Uh, they have to prove that they can you know, win an actual playoff series again. Um, I- I'm not a believer in them until they can actually beat a quality team in the postseason, so we shall see. He also asked a, a Pirates question. Oh, my gosh. We are digging deep into the old treasure chest here. He said, Bucko's question. Was Key Brian Hayes worth the contract or was it a distraction by nutting to appease people calling for his job? Hashtag RiderDieCrew. Key Brian Hayes is what you want to build around. If they can sign Brian Reynolds to a long term deal, I absolutely like what they're doing. If they don't, that's an issue and it's just going to be more of the same. But I did like the Key Brian Hayes contract. I thought it was fair. I thought he's worth it. That's someone you want to keep around for a long time, but that's neither here nor there on this Steelers podcast. Believers says, do you have faith in the new offensive line as currently constructed? On a scale of 1 to ten, one equals no confidence, 10 equals full confidence. Where would you rate your confidence on this new offensive line? Now, this offensive line could also change. The Steelers could still address some positions in the draft. But as we sit here right now on this April 13th, I'm going to say that my confidence level is about a 6. That's not... Ridiculous, But if you were to ask me a year ago where my confidence level was at this time, I probably would have maybe set a five. So we're at least we're trending in the right direction here. It's just so tough to know. I love James Daniels. I think that Mason Cole is going to compete for a job. If Kevin Dotson can stay healthy, Chooksukur for with this new offensive coordinator and the new offensive scheme along with Dan Moore Jr. could make up a pretty good offensive unit, but we just have to see it. So I can't have full confidence just yet. Southside Doc says, what are the remaining steps the Steelers need to complete before the draft? Do you believe there is enough veteran leadership on the team, but especially on offense? Would it be worth bringing in more players with championship winning experience? Hashtag ride or die crew. So this is a great question. And on offense, they do need some leadership on the team. Bringing in championship winning experience? It's never going to hurt. I'll be honest with you. It's never going to hurt. If you bring in someone like a Tyron Matthew, and I hate to constantly bring his name up. I've talked about how I'm annoyed with that whole situation, but that is a championship-winning, experienced player. He would definitely be able to talk about what it takes to get it done. Uh, I think the remaining steps, I would love to see them sign a safety. Does not have to be Matthew. I would also like to see them look at a wide receiver, but I don't expect that to happen before the draft. They need some veteran leadership. I wrote an article for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com on Tuesday. Mason Cole gave some great quotes about how he wants to be that leader on that young um, offensive line. James Daniels has said the same. I don't care if it's a new guy. They do need some leadership. Dibs 24 said, no question this week. Just want to give all of Behind the Steel Curtain a shout-out for the tributes and discussions over Dwayne Haskins' tragedy. RIPDH. Thank you very much, Dibs. We appreciate that. Heath Davis he said he has a joking question, which he actually prefaces with me. He said, Jeff, do you think I should ask a, a non-serious question like I normally do or not? I said, hey, you do what you do, man. So he did. He said, you're on a 16-hour road trip. You can pick up to four former or current of players or coaches to take the road trip with. Who do you pick and what jobs do they have, i.e. music, snack distribution, navigation, story time, etc.? Hashtag writer, actor. Okay. I don't know why... I tend to lean towards coaches. Not sure, and maybe it was because I coached myself—not football, but I was a coach. Dick LeBeau's on there for story time for sure. I would love to hear some of those stories from Dick LeBeau, both as a player with the Lions, Hall of Fame player, and as a coach. I Bill Cowher's on the trip. I want to hear all about those '90s teams, what it took to win in two thousand, the, the two thousand five season why he stepped away when he did. And I'm going to want Mike Tomlin there as well. That's really important for me with Mike Tomlin. As for players, I'm going to have Brett Kiesel. I'm going to have him running the music. Okay, so i got Brett Kiesel running the music. Casey Hampton doing the snacks. His name is Big Snack. How can you not have him as snack distribution? For navigation, ugh. Give me big, we'll give me big Ben. I got to have big Ben on the trip. That, that's a great question. These are good. Heath also asked a serious question. He said, does Pittsburgh retire Haskins Jersey? Uh, no, I don't think they retire. His Jersey is as, as fitting as a tribute. Some that some might find that to be a very fitting tribute. The Steelers don't do that. Now they might not issue that number uh, anytime soon. Not number three. Uh, but nonetheless, I don't think they retire the Jersey. There's only two retired Jersey numbers. Uh, in Steelers history. I don't think that he's the third. Thomas asked not really a question, but a statement. I really hope the Steelers play for Haskins this season, honor him on the field. Now the Steelers organization, as I just answered his question, will definitely do uh, a tribute. Maybe they will have a sticker on their helmet or something like that. I would fully expect that to happen uh, this year, but I would really hope that the the players would also follow suit, as you said, and honor Haskins by their with their play on the football field. Kyle Stone asked, do you think the addition of Trubisky helps Najee Harris more, or do you think having a bona fide number one running back like Najee helps Mitch more? Hashtag ride or die crew. So good question, Kyle. So which helps the other? I think they help each other perfectly, but I think that... To be completely honest, Trubisky is such a different beast compared to like Ben last season. And even Mason Rudolph, he is a threat to run. I'm gonna point you to an article that ran on Tuesday at 9 30 AM Eastern Time by our own Kevin Smith. He took one drive from 2019. It was a I loved the premise of this of this article. Go check it out. And he gives video, there's clips in there all about how it's everything you can expect from Trubisky and even some frustrating aspects of this. Um, And so uh, go check it out. Trubisky is going to be a unique beast for the Steelers fan base. We'll put it that way. But to answer your question, does Trubisky help Najee more? I think Najee helps Mitch more, in my opinion. Good question. Haskins QB1. I got to be honest, before I even read this question, I've never I've never spoken with this person. I don't know anything about this person. I don't know if it's male, female, and different, whatever. I thought about this person when the news broke on Saturday. Uh, this is someone that has had a Twitter account dedicated to Dwayne Haskins since he came became into the Steelers organization. So my condolences to Haskins QB one because it's just sad. We'll put it that way. But he writes, "Hey Jeff, have you ever been upset with the Steelers on draft day?" With a player or position they took, thinking, why in the world did they draft you? Then the player turned out to be good. Hashtag Die Crew. I can give you a very recent example of this. Last season, second round pick, centers are on the board. Creed Humphrey's there. I already have Creed Humphrey in the article. The Steelers go to the, the uh, podium. And they take Pat Fryermuth. And I'm like, why in the world did they draft this guy with this weird last name that it's going to be tough for me to pronounce? I can't stand this. And he turns out to be pretty darn good. And now here I am doing an entire podcast, I think it was last Friday, about Pat Fryermuth could make a really big jump next season. If you missed that podcast, go back and check it out. That's not time sensitive. You're not going to be hearing anything that's outdated Really good stuff, dove into the statistics and how Pat Frymeath can really up his game in his sophomore season. Aiden Blaine says, do you think the midseason signing of Anthony Miller was a hint? The Steelers were interested in Trubisky, or are the two transactions completely unrelated? Hashtag Okay, Aiden, I don't think they're related. I think that that was just a position of need. Well, obviously, when Juju Smith-Schuster went down with that shoulder injury, uh, they were just trying to see who they could grab, and not to mention... When the the COVID protocols allowed the Steelers to stash veterans on their practice squad, you make this signing. You sign someone like Carl Joseph because you can keep them on your practice squad and in your organization and get a feel for what they do without having to waste an active roster spot. So I don't think they were. I don't think they were. I, well, I don't think they were related. I do think that the Steelers probably went to Anthony Miller and said, "We're thinking about Mitchell Trubisky. What can you tell us?" Pick his brain; it's the smart thing to do. And Johnny Bravo says, "Hey Jeff, are you a fan of Shrek?" hashtag Ride or Die Crew. So, <laughs> um, for me, my have five children talked about this on Monday. Even I talked about how the kids uh, are just obsessed with Sing Two. They've we have it on DVD. We bought it on Amazon. They listen to the soundtrack on Spotify at nauseum, and it's a great movie. But Shrek was so good. There's two If you're asking me my favorite two kids movies that are animated of all time, and you can talk about the old Disney stuff, I didn't watch that as a kid, I'm talking about their two, Finding Nemo and Shrek. To me, they changed the game. Those two movies changed the game. They had adult humor, they knew that uh, adults were going to be in the movie theater with their children, and they needed to find a way to keep them engaged, and both of those movies are absolutely hysterical. Good question. Lucas asks, "Who's your favorite Steeler of all time, and of the past five years?" So, uh, of all time, I obviously I'm going to have to go with Ben Roethlisberger. I've always been a Ben Roethlisberger fan since he was drafted in 2004. Of the past five years, I'm going to have to go. Okay, I'm going to go not with Ben Roethlisberger. The past five years, my favorite Steeler. Um, I'm going to go with T.J. Watt. Tell you To give you someone that's creeping up the list, and it's it's continuing to grow, and if this player can get a second contract, would be the first time since Veron Haynes at the position, you should know who I'm talking about by now. That's Najee Harris. If Najee Harris can get that second deal, and he's already one of my favorite players. I love to listen to him talk. He's super candid. He's funny. He's off the cuff. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love him. I think that he could definitely be on this list soon. Ryan Clark, no, not the Ryan Clark, not the former safety. This is a different Ryan Clark altogether. He said, what team in the AFC North do you think Trubisky will struggle the most against? And which one will he perform the best against? And he said, almost forgot. Hashtag die crew. Wow, this is a tough question. So the AFC North teams that Trubisky will struggle the most against. So I think that teams that can get to Trubisky and put pressure on him, are the ones that are going to cause me to have concern. Right now, in my layman's opinion, the Baltimore Ravens have the worst pass rush of the AFC North teams. Their outside linebackers just are not that good. And if Zadarius Smith would have gone back, then that changes things, but he didn't. So this, the, the Ravens are going to have to look at edge in the draft. You can't expect a rookie to come in there. I think Trubisky will be fine against Baltimore. They're an aggressive defense. Sometimes you can... Really turn that against them. Ben Roethlisberger has done that on so many occasions. And just a reminder, been since 2019 since the Baltimore Ravens beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Keep that in mind. As for the Bengals and the Browns, I'm going to go with the Bengals. The Bengals' defense is who they might struggle the most against. And that's for a multitude of reasons. I think that when you talk about the Bengals' high-powered offense— Steelers might be playing from behind, and if they're playing from behind, it makes you one-dimensional. Mitch Trubisky's not a guy you want throwing the ball 35-plus times. You just don't. You want to be able to run the ball, keep the RPOs in the game plan, keep them under center. I think that that high-powered Bengals offense could be just about as big of an issue as the defense in general. Okay, last question here. Mark Payne asked, do you see the Steelers signing someone like Cole Beasley to fill a need at the slot receiver position, or do you think they will draft specifically for a slot receiver? The Steelers need a good possession receiver to run those shallow crossing routes. I think that Cole Beasley is just one of many veterans that are going to stay on the market until after the draft, maybe even into training camp, because the, these NFL teams realize like we're going to see how the draft goes. If the Steelers find a player that fits the mold that you just described, they're going to take him if he fits the Steelers' MO of what they want to do on offense. If they don't get that guy, they don't find that player in the draft, then they'll go out and pick up maybe someone like a, you said Cole Beasley, we'll use Cole Beasley. Okay, I'm trying to think of another player, but that's probably what we'll do. So... I think that it's just going to depend on how the draft plays out. And we have a couple late submissions here by Brian Haynes. He said, who, in your opinion, is the greatest player in NFL history? Greatest player in NFL history? Come on now, me and Joe Green. Next question. If you were GM, what would your contract offer to make it look like? It's going to be guaranteed money. Uh, It's going to be the most guaranteed money from a safety. That's going to trump the fact that he's not going to maybe make as much as total As Jamal Adams and his contract, he's the highest paid safety in the league. So I'm gonna say, hey, we're gonna set this up so that numerically you're gonna make more guaranteed money than him. He's gonna have a bit a taller number, like a not a taller number, a bigger number. I would set it up that way. And last question from Brian What player has the biggest impact this season? One on each side. I'm gonna go with Mitch Trubisky or whoever the quarterback is on the defensive side. I'm going to go with the guy that makes the most plays as TJ Watt. If TJ Watt and the quarterback are both running on or clicking on all cylinders, then by all means, that's where we go. Oh, last one. Missed it. Almost missed it here. Brian says, what is your Steelers game food? Like every game you have this or almost every game. I've always liked nachos grande. We used to call them Tom Brady sucks. Nachos grande. I've got, you put the tortillas down uh, or the tortilla chips You take some shredded cheese, put it on there, put that in the oven, let it bake for a little bit, let the cheese melt, then take it out, put some pre-cooked, or you've already cooked the ground beef, put the ground beef on there. I like onions, peppers. I put it back in the oven, heat everything up a little bit, some sour cream, guacamole, you got it. That's it. That's what I like every single time the Steelers play. Um, It worked in 2020. Uh, They were on an 11-game streak. My wife was so sick of cooking nachos grande, but I said, you don't mess with a streak. You don't mess with it. You all know that. You're my ride-or-die crew. Thank you very much, by the way, to the ride-or-die crew for putting in some great questions. I know it's not always easy, and I know that I hope that you all were able to listen to this and maybe kind of get back into the mojo of things. I hope that that was my goal. Hopefully it worked for me. Hopefully it worked for you. But in the meantime, I'm gonna be back on Friday. We're gonna have a lot of stuff to talk about. Pittsburgh Steelers, we're getting ready for the NFL draft. Be on the lookout. In the meantime, you know we finished it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great evening. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. So My candles burning bright. I sleep for three to four hours every night. all time.